Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Hey there, Homeschool Reading Community. Welcome to this Wednesday Facebook Live. I am so excited to be here with Carrie Beck from How to Homeschool My Child today. Carrie is a close friend of mine and somebody who is just an amazing person to talk to if you are a homeschool parent because she has graduated kids from her own homeschool. And so if you are in the trenches of homeschooling like I am, you are definitely going to be encouraged by hearing from Carrie today and just just by learning from her experience. So I'm so excited that you are here with us for this live. If you are here, please say hey in the comments and let us know that you're watching. And if you are watching this on the replay, please type replay in the comments and let us know that you're here as well. Carrie, thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I always love talking about homeschooling and just seeing how I can help uh, homeschool moms. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I know that I could introduce you, but I think you will do it better justice. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family and your homeschool? Yes. Um, oh, I don't know what's wrong with my computer. It just keeps um, freezing up. It keeps going oh, no. to whatever the screen share is. But, you know, that's life and we just keep living with it. Um, Sarah knows I don't really edit things. I just let it happen and then we deal with it. Um, in fact, yesterday I was doing a class and Zoom completely crashed and everything. But you know what? The moms just still rolled with it. And I think that's a real important lesson for homeschool moms. Flexibility. Roll with it. You're going to have problems and we just roll with it. Now, it's easy for me to say because I'm not in the trenches right now, except for when I'm babysitting my grandkids. So let me do introduce myself. I um I homeschooled for 10 years. I was a public school teacher for six years. I um, have a master's in curriculum instruction, but I will tell you, I learned more about education as a homeschool mom, more than anything else. We have um, three kids. I am going to show y'all a picture. I don't know if you can see it very well, but um, Hunter's the baby. He's right here on the side. He is single and lives in Houston and um, works at... Um, in management consulting, Ashley is, let's see if my finger, right there. She's in the middle. She's married to Jesse, and they have Faith and Elizabeth sitting right there in front of them. And then, um, where's Gentry? There's Gentry. She's the middle one, and she's married to Andrew, and Landry and Deacon are sitting right there. And then there's one of my pictures of the grandkids. That was back at Thanksgiving. And um, I like to share that because when I do talk about things, I will share stories about my kids or about the grandkids because I do feel like I'm going through it all over again. And so it's really fun. I know a lot of your moms are have young kids. And so just being able to walk through it. I mean, Faith is eight. Elizabeth is six. Landry's four and Deacon turns to this summer. And so um, 
I'm not there all the time, but I will tell you right now, last oh, April, I babysat for eight days straight. So I sort of lived through all of that again. And it was quite interesting, but um, except for when the electricity went out and the thunderstorm at like eight o'clock at night, it was pitch dark. But um, so that's my family. What my heart is to actually help moms, especially in their faith as a homeschool Um my mom say, Carrie, that's what makes you different than everyone else. Um, I also really like to encourage moms to find ways that they can encourage a love of learning, tools of learning, character building, um, critical thinking and wise decision making as well. So that's a little bit about where I've been and what we're doing right now as I help homeschool moms. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you were talking about the flexibility at the beginning too, because I know with those ages that your grandkids are now and that I think a lot of the people in the group, a lot of our kids are. Um, you guys can let us know in the comments how old your kids are and um, if they are similar ages to that. But I, I know that for me, that flexibility is so key. And I shoot, I've had it happen too. You know, I'm on a class and my kids are, are crying or they need something and I just have to have to say, excuse me and, and leave the room. And, um, that's definitely happened before. So it just, but I think that we also all, we all are living it, right? We're all having this experience together. And so, you know, it, it is real, you know, we are really doing this. So I love that. So one of the things that you said at the end there, you were talking about all the things that you help us with, and you mentioned the love of learning. Can you talk about that a little bit more and maybe tell us what that is and, and what that looks like for us as homeschool parents, trying to encourage our kids to have that love of learning? Yeah, in fact, you know, uh, I'm running a boot camp right now about homeschool freedom. And one of the things, one of the goals of several of the moms in it are, I want my kid to quit hating school and start loving learning. And so I thought that's really interesting that that topic this week has come up several times. And so um, I like to say, for me, a love of learning, I normally have a picture of Faith when she was like three years old and her parents were trying to paint a room in the house. And I took her away to this farm about 15 minutes from their house. And we went on an Easter egg hunt and she rode a pony for the first time. She fed the chicken. She held a bunny. She got her face painted, everything. It was all brand new to her. She had never really done any of that. And so you know, she was constantly inquisitive, curious, wondering what all of this is. And I think toddlers and preschoolers can really teach us a lot about what the real love of learning is. What I see a lot of homeschool moms do is, you know, they deal with the number one question they ask, which is why. And, you know, a lot of times they sincerely don't know. And so they are asking why. Sometimes they're like, why do I have to go to bed? Well, that's a different issue. But when we talk about this as far as, um, as far as, you know, they're asking about the world or whatever, you know, um, that is a sincere question. You have 30 or 40 more years of experience in learning. Of course, you know the answers, but that's why they're asking you. I think we need to give our younger kids patience and grace and allow them to be curious about things. What I see a lot of moms do is it, they turn five and they're like, oh, it's time to homeschool. So they put them down at a desk. They give them a stack of books or workbooks to go, OK, this is school. This is learning. And what have you done? You have strangled their love of learning. 
it is gone. And then they just like, okay, mom, whatever, I'll do whatever. But their attitude is bad. Now that's a whole nother issue. But I think when we can continue that curiosity and we allow our kids to learn things that they're interested in or read books that they're interested in, I think that can be the beginning of encouraging a love of learning. Yeah, I love that. I love that encouragement to help kids find what they're interested in. I know that anybody that's been around in this group for a while has heard me talk about that and about how important it is that our kids are interested in the topics that we're studying. And I love that encouragement as well to uh, help our kids find those answers when they're asking us why. And I think that if we don't know the answer, I mean, most of the times you're right, we probably do. But like, if we don't know, that's a great opportunity as well to model how to learn and to walk alongside our kids and say, you know, I don't know that answer, but let's research it together and let's find out. And there's so many things that our kids can learn, not only from researching it with us, but also from hearing us say that we don't know everything and, and that we're willing to look and find the answer. So I love that. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some some practical strategies? Let's get super practical. Like what can we do if we've got those kids at home and we're busy and there's a lot going on? Like what kinds of activities can we do and what kinds of things can we do to really encourage this love of learning for our kids? Well, I think you really hit on it and I sort of said it is one, let your kids um study things they're interested in, especially in the elementary ages, like in science. Does it really matter if they go through some curriculum and you can check off all the boxes? No. I mean, for me, we just picked a topic they were interested in. When we went to the library, we got books and we would do one or two experiments a week. And that was it. Now, um, I do know a lot of times we have multiple kids. So you're like, OK, well, I got five kids. How do I do this? I would say a few things. You can still let your kids pick library books that they're interested in and let them read the books that they are topic. For instance, my middle daughter, Gentry, she would pretty much read anything and listen to anything. Ashley, history and some science. Hunter, water, nothing else. He did not like history or literature or anything. If it had water like Swiss Family Robinson, he was in. Now, so you're like, well, I want to give them a well-rounded education. And I understand that. But you know what? They will grow up and be okay. And I say that from my own experience. Hunter was not a reader. He did not like to read, but he is 30 years old and he is a reader now. And we are always trading book titles of books that we have read that we encourage. And the girls too, we are sharing different titles. Jitru is my only reader, to be honest. And so I think we need to, uh, one, let them find things they're interested in and study those. Two, mom, give yourself grace and patience. Give your kids grace and patience. You know, it is going to take time. Hunter also did not like art. And I tell the story that um, in six, he was six or seven and we drive to Houston and I'm all about field trips. Field trips are another great way to encourage a love of learning and games. Both of those motivated Hunter. Um, now he would do his work and he would do it okay, but he didn't really enjoy it. But so in, in six or seven, we drive to Houston, we pull in the parking lot and he's like, oh no, not this museum. And I'm like, yeah, well, he wouldn't go to the health museum where you see the lungs breathing and all this stuff. Fast forward 10 years and we are in London. We had to do a conference and we told the kids, if you'll work the conference, you come with us, we'll stay for a week and sightsee. One day I wanted to go to the National Gallery of Art. 
Hunter is the only one that will go to the art museum with me. I say that story when you want to encourage a love of learning, you do need to give it time. Just like God is patient with me, thank goodness, and he's still working on me. We need to also give ourselves patience for our kids and know that things take time to change. So as you're encouraging it, try to give yourself patience. So two of the things I've sort of rambled on. Number one is um, kids' interest. And the other two are books that they are interested in. Read books to them out loud, especially if they don't like reading, read every single day until they graduate from high school and they're not in your home. And people are like, I thought I'd stop when they know how to read. I'm like, no, we were reading. Now, obviously they weren't frog and toad, but you know, we were reading things like Gulliver's Travels in high school. So I would say those are two of the most practical things. The field trips and games you can just imagine are ones that, um, just things that my kids like doing it. They didn't even know they were learning. Yeah, I love that. I love that encouragement to read out loud to our kids, even when they can read to themselves. You're right. That's so important. And we talk about that a lot here too. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so you were talking about giving ourselves grace and having patience for our kids. Um, can you like Tell us more about how to actually do that, because it, like it's awesome to hear the story about the art museum and about how like in the end it turns out great. But what would you say to the mom who's like right there in the middle of it right now today, who's like, well, yeah, that's great for you, but that's not going to happen to my child. Like they really don't like it. Like what what can we do or, or how do we how do we get that grace for ourselves now? Um, I think one of the best things you can do is just be consistent in very small steps and lower your expectations of your children. Um, for instance, again, I go back to Hunter. He's probably the easiest one because, I mean, he's smart. He won the math award in high school. He won like the top whatever award as a senior. I mean, he's but he did not like school studies. Um, and we even did. Now, he liked the fun activities and he would listen. But even reading aloud, one time I, it was just the two of us. I was reading a church history book on his level, like at the fourth or fifth grade. I read one page and he was sitting there listening, throwing the ball up and down. And I said, well, Hunter, what was that about? Oh, I don't know. You know, and so I just have to say, you've got to I mean, my number one thing is to pray. And I don't know if y'all's people are faith-based, but I am very faith-based. And I believe God is the one that's going to give me patience and self-control. But you know what? I just didn't get upset. I'm like, okay, well, let's read that page again. Now, I understand there are times when they're all arguing and everything's like falling apart in your home. I mean, that's just life, no matter if they love learning or whatever. Um, but I do think, one, lower your expectations and then just continue to be consistent. Like the art thing, I didn't force it on him, but, every, you know, in our morning time, one or two days a week, we would look at a famous painting or sculpture and we would talk about it for like three or four minutes. I'm talking small steps. We don't need to make big, giant lessons out of everything. So that's what I would say is just continue to be consistent. You know, and I also think pick your fights, whatever. I mean, for us, character was a lot bigger thing than whether they got their math homework um, completed. I was going to take care of a character issue more than, um, you know, what some kind of academic issue. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I love that encouragement to keep the lessons really short and to like stay focused because that, I mean, that helps so much with solving a lot of those issues with meltdowns and frustration, just be, just, just by keeping it short and by not belaboring the point and getting our kids to the point where they're tired and frustrated. And I love that encouragement to focus on character over the academic things. I think it's so easy to get distracted by the urgency of feeling like we need to check off the thing that's on our planner for today. And, you know, we need to finish these pages that are in this lesson, but you're right. Ultimately, the character is what matters, right? Not the not the math lesson that we could be doing today. So that's really well, good. Well, and another thing I think moms do is they're always comparing themselves because they're in front of this oh, yeah. thing. So just toss this thing in a box in the morning and then go do your school and then go pick it up after lunch. But seriously, we think everyone else has these perfect kids and they are not perfect. They're just not telling you about all their problems. So mm -hmm. True, true story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about learning and about love of learning and about, um, you know, this impacting our kids for their lifetime. But I know that you also talk a lot about leadership, right? The class is raising leaders, not followers. So is there a connection between all these lifetime learners and love of learning and leadership? And if so, what is it? Yeah, I think there really is a connection. And um, I it took me about five years before. I mean, I was trying all the approaches. I really fell into leadership education and realized it just summed up everything I wanted to do for my kids. And so I began to investigate it. I had to sort of figure it all out myself because there wasn't anything out there. But I wanted one to give my kids a Christian education and I wanted to give them a purpose and we decided, we homeschooled for 10 years, about five years into it, we sort of figured out what I was finally doing. And, um, and leadership was it. If you look at a good leader, there are several things within it that um, I think fit perfectly with the homeschool. And one of those is being a lifetime learner. And if you are a lifetime learner, you will have a love of learning because you love learning. So you're going to keep learning. But not only that, you'll have the tools of learning. And so really, I mean, even as simple as, you know, like Sarah teaches how to read, obviously. Now, I know you could listen to podcasts. I mean, I've had people sort of argue with me about that. Oh, well, you don't have to read to be a leader. And I'm like, well, I'm not going down there. But there's just so much. I mean, we really we start at the basis of reading and then we go into actually before reading is character because a good leader has godly foundation of character. And then we give them those tools of learning, just like reading and then moving up into critical thinking skills. But I say a lot of that time in the elementary ages really should be a time and it should continue. But where we really focus on encouraging our kids to love learning because leaders learn for a lifetime. If you are leading a group, you've got to continue learning and dealing with problems. You've got to deal with relationships and problem solving, which takes learning and figuring out what to do. Now, what some people are like, uh, my kids aren't going to be CEO. They're not going to be mayor of the city. They're not going to be whatever. Um, you're right. They may not be. I don't know. But I would say 99% of the kids represented here will grow up to be dads and moms. And they will need to lead their family well. And even as a dad and a mom, they need to love learning to be able to teach their kids. They need to have the tools of learning to be able to help walk with them. And there are other things that we include in leadership education, but we're talking about love of learning here. So those things, I think, are really important. Um, I just think 
sometimes we do a lot of stuff with our homeschool, even like love learning or tools of learning, but we don't do it with a purpose. So mom, I would challenge the moms here. What is the purpose? What is your intention? What is your purpose in the end for homeschooling besides just giving them a degree and getting a job, you know? So that would be, um, for us, it really came down to raising them to be able to lead well. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And pretty much we all influence someone in our lives. So we want to do a good job. We model that, and then we want our kids to grow up to do that as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that sort of broader definition of leadership, that it's more than just becoming the president or whatever, but that it, it, like, it impacts every area of your life, leadership of your family, even just as a mom or a dad. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I love that. And that, that question about what is your purpose? I feel like that's something that I need to sit and journal on um, and really think about and then put it somewhere like, you know, on a sticky note on my forehead or something so that I see it all the time. <laughs> well, you know, I have some moms, I'm, I, like I said, I've been doing this freedom boot camp with some homeschool moms and we're working, we're about tomorrow working on vision and they're like, oh, I love your vision statement. And I'm like, that took me five years to come up with. So again, give yourself grace and patience. If you hear a homeschool mom saying what their vision is and you're like, wow, um, just say, you know what, if this is your first year, just put something out there and work with it. Because really, as I dove into leadership, I was like, I want my kids to grow up to be able to think critically and biblically so they can make wise decisions. That was really the end goal. And so all these other things fit into that. But um, I do think I just wanted to have some sort of purpose and intention for my homeschool. That's so smart. And then when you have that in front of you, then the pull of, oh, my goodness, we need to finish this math lesson today or the world's going to end doesn't <laughs> seem so strong, you know? So yeah. true. I love that. I love that. So what about when we have really young kids? Because I think it's easy to think like, oh, we'll do that later. Or like, that's more important when kids are older, maybe in high school, we need to worry about this leadership thing. Like, why is this important for younger kids? Like, why should moms with younger kids care about these leadership skills? And what can, how can we do that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I do get that. It's sort of like, well, I'll deal with leadership when they're 12, 13, 14, and give them leadership opportunities. But what I think people miss is what is included in, say, a leadership education. And when we teach leadership education, one, we start with moms that they need to model and mentor. That's another subject. But with little kids, the very foundation is character. Well, that begins at birth. You know, we are developing character in our kids. So you may not be teaching them to lead their Sunday school class or lead the Girl Scout troop, but you should start giving them a foundation of good character. And so that's one reason I think um, we, you need a purpose. If you decided something like leadership, you need to look and see what that really is. So I really say start that immediately all the way up, especially all those toddler and preschool. There is a foundation of whatever happens um, at that age is going to really have a big play on how they end up. Then we've been talking about love of learning. And I believe in those elementary young ages, that is where you can really incorporate a love of learning. You know, whether it's child's interests, unit studies, games, field trips, whatever, the more you can encourage that and, um, uh, then you will develop a lifetime learner. And like we've already said, um, 
leaders are people that are continuing to learn. I believe the critical thinking and the decision making, there are things you could do younger, but I really think you spent, see, the problem is most elementary kids, let's say moms, they want to do everything. And I'm like, no, focus on language. You learn a foreign language best when they're young, focus on English. Math and science, just throw that in along the way. When their brain gets abstract thinking down in that 12 and 13, go into the abstract thinking, which is more your critical thinking and um, decision-making skills. So I'm like, focus on what's important right now. Little kids, literal. They are so literal. So let's keep focusing on the, you know, like the tools of learning and the things that they can do repetitively. Um, so... That's a little bit of why I think that. I think you, those foundation things of character, tools of learning, and love of learning really do start when the kids are younger. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Do you have like a practical example of what that might look like? Like, are there certain activities maybe that you, something that you did with your grandkids or like something that our, our moms could go and try even today with their kids that would just sort of give them a taste for what this might look like? Well, if we're looking at younger kids, I would start with character. Again, I would do things from the Bible. You can do this however you want. But what I would do is choose a character quality that your children are struggling with and then decide right now what the opposite of that is. Because a kid hears 342 negative words a day and only 17 positive words. So we need to focus on that positive trait instead of always bashing them. So I'm talking two, three, and four-year-olds. We've done this. Um, so what I would do is I would write that down on a post-it, an index card or something, put it on the refrigerator. For me, I would find a Bible verse of the positive. I would put that verse on there. And anytime you're struggling with it, instead of just, you know, I don't know how y'all were, but I'd hear them arguing back there. I mean, yes, my, my kids grew up right back there. I'd, and I'd be walking over there going, what am I going to do? I don't know. Um, but if you've already made a decision about what is going to happen, so I would have a Bible verse, and then I would have a blessing and a consequence. So if they're doing it correctly, you know exactly what to do. And that might encourage you if you see it on your refrigerator on a regular basis. Put the consequence on there, and that way you stay consistent. I already talked about consistency you stay consistent, talk to your spouse about it. He would, everyone's on the same page. Tell your kids ahead of time. If, let's just talk about obey. If you obey, here's what happens. If you disobey, here's what happens. And then children obey your parents and the Lord. And you can go on to the one about, um, oh my, we've been memorizing this with my grandkids. And, um, because this is the first commandment with the promise, something like that. Um, of course, I'm on video and I can't remember it exactly. But um, pick a verse. And I would also encourage you to have your kids memorize that verse. So to me, that's a real practical way to start at the very foundation. And if your kids are 15, you can do the exact same thing. It may look a little different. The consequence and the blessing, like, you know, an ice cream cone may not cut it for a 15 year old, but an extra 30 minutes in their curfew or whatever might do it. You know, you're going to look at it differently. But um, that's just a real easy way um, that you could implement it in a practical way. I love that. I've got note cards over here. I'm going to go write some stuff on our refrigerator in a few minutes. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Carrie, you have a free class coming up for us, right? Can you tell us about that? 
Yes, it is called Four Steps to Raising Christian Leaders. You've already heard me talk about the four steps, so it's not a big secret. Basically, um, it's character building, uh, love of learning, tools of learning, critical thinking, and then moms. Moms, what do you do? Because if you were not raised like this and you did not get this kind of education, how do you give it to your kids? So that's one of our steps in doing this. Um, next week, it is completely free. It is a class on Zoom, so you don't have to have Facebook, although many of y'all probably do because you're here, but um, um, you just get on. It is live, and it is on Tuesday and Wednesday. If I say the times, they'll be wrong. Sarah has a link, I think, in the description, but we're going to be talking about each one of these activities. We're going to even go back a little earlier, talk about the types of education that you may be giving your kids that really aren't encouraging them to think because a lot of us sort of get in that rut of doing the traditional school model. Anyway, we'll talk about that. We'll go through the four steps. And then my favorite thing and the things that most moms really like are um, the three, I can't remember the exact how it goes, but it is all about helping moms. Oh, the most important thing that moms need to do. And there are three R's that we share in there. And that's really a lot of moms go, that was my biggest takeaway, even though they really like the, um, the leadership stuff. I will say, if you come to the live workshop, we have a bonus. I'm giving away my teaching kids with easy to use games, which encourages love of learning. It is an ebook and you can actually, you have to be at the live. That's the only place you're going to get a free link to it. It normally sells in my store. So I would really encourage you to come live because we have a lot of fun. I also give prizes out. We do a lot of fun things in my classes. So that's next Tuesday and Wednesday, May 23rd and 24th. Awesome. That sounds good. And if they can't come live, will there be a replay available as well? Yes, there will Perfect. be a replay, but you'll need to sign up for it because we'll be sending that out um, through the email of whoever signs up. I wouldn't know that you wanted it if you didn't sign up. Perfect. So definitely check out the link in the description of the video wherever you're watching this and grab your ticket for that class. Carrie, thank you so much for being here today. I know I was super encouraged as always, as I always am by talking to you, but um, this was wonderful today. Do you have any last encouragement for our moms as we're wrapping up? Well, if I had to wrap it up, it's stuff I've already said. Um, number one, quit comparing yourself to anyone else. You have your family and your kids, and they are unique to you. And go to God and let him direct you in whatever it is that he wants your family to do and have the courage to do things differently, not for the sake of different, but for the sake of doing homeschool better than whatever is being done in the traditional school. Um, and then the other thing is just, I've said it, Give your, give you mom grace and patience. You are doing a great job and you can do this. Just continue to realize that you are, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon and it will take time. And if you can just give yourself grace and patience, a lot of times you're modeling that and then you can give that to your kids as well. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. This was so encouraging, Carrie. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. Bye, everybody. Bye.
I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the Homeschool Reading Community Group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the Homeschool Reading Community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.